Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 581. Well, I, all I can say is always do the right thing when nobody's looking. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jump start any of my vehicles. The compact ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, R.J. Valentine. R.J., are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I got my five-point safety belt on. I got my hands on. I got my helmet on. I'm ready to go. All right. Well, I'll try to keep in between (laughs) the lines and uh, off the barriers here today. R.J. Valentine discovered a way to combine his passion for automobiles and racing into his business. He's raced for over 40 years with over 400 pro starts, including the Trans Am Series. He's won the Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona, driven for PTG Motorsports, and competed in the Grand Am GT Series. A lifetime entrepreneur, he founded the NBA Group in 1969, and one of their many successful businesses was Jiffy Lube Franchise and the Lojack Car System. Very cool. In 2000, he opened F1 Boston, a European-style indoor kart racetrack, and then an outdoor track at East Bridgewater, Massachusetts. His safety systems created a new barrier system for racetracks, and today he's opened New Jersey Motorsports Park and a trackside exotics car garage facility. We're going to learn a lot more about all this. So, RJ, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles? I sure will. Uh, I started off in business in 1970, actually, and uh, you know I started my business businesses, and they evolved into 18 different operating businesses under the umbrella of the MBA Group. And then in 73, 70, it was 74 actually. I went to the 24 Hours of Daytona with my wife, and I ended up watching the race for 24 hours. My wife was worried about me because she went back to the hotel and came <laughs> looking for me. And as we banked out of there on our way back. She says, you're looking at it so hard, you should be doing it. And I said, I'd love to do it. She says, why don't you buy a car? And that was the very beginning. Mm. And uh, my wife has very, been very supportive through all of my racing career. Nice. And uh, the long and short of it is uh, it, I started off. I went to Skip Barber School and uh, drove regionals, nationals. And then in 78, I get into a pro car and drove an, the old IMSA. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did very well there, and then that evolved into me building a uh, 
the the famous tubular chassis rear uh, you know rear transmission uh, Can-Am Corvette. You can see it on my website, the RGV, cool. uh, you know RGV uh, racing site. Uh-huh. And uh, that was a 850 horsepower, 2300 pound chassis. Oh my gosh! Uh, and we were competing into 935 twin turbos. Uh, and listen, we could not keep up financially with those guys. So after about a year and a half, we decided we were going to go back to square one and uh, you know I get into a a, a trans into the Trans Am series and mm-hmm. you know had an older Corvette and did that for several years and then evolved along the way into different types of cars and then in in uh, in, in through the eighties uh, drove a lot of different stuff in IMSA then in ninety eighty eight eighty nine ninety I get in the Trans Am series and then ninety two I got uh, tied up with Greg Pickett who's uh, it was a championship uh, Trans Am driver yes. and Dave King out of Detroit. And we ran the Camaros. I bought Scott Sharp's championship car. And that was the beginning of a real run because uh, the people I was involved with, Greg was a tremendous driver and a mentor. And then Dave King, who worked for Jack Roush. And I had 127 starts in uh, Trans Am. My gosh. <laughs> and that was a, it was a, let me tell you, it was a great run. And then I get into world sports cars and then met kevin buckler get into into the uh into the you know all the porsches yeah which i was i was an american car driver but when i get into a porsche i knew i found a home mm. okay because those things <laughs> yes just were just fat you know i mean they just run for hours and then we ran porsches up through uh 2004 2005 uh, Tom Milner from PTG asked me to come on board with them with one of their factory, well, two of their factory uh, BMWs. Mm-hmm. And I was privileged to race with uh, guys like Joey Hand, Billy Oberland. Uh, those two guys were just, I mean, they were wow. in a different zip code. Yeah. And then I went there, and then in uh, 2006, Buckler went from uh, Porsches into the Pontiacs, mm-hmm. the, the Pat, Pratt and Miller Pontiacs. And I got a call from Andy Lally, and Andy says, I want you to drive with me. I said, Andy, you want me to drive with you? You know who Andy Lally is? <laughs> we call him God. Yeah. We call him God yeah. because Andy is one of the, he's probably the greatest driver I've ever met. And I've met a lot of good guys. I mean, I don't know if you watched the race on the week, this weekend up at, uh, uh, you know, at Lime Rock. You mm-hmm. know, he came from 17th, a lap down. I get the car handed over and won the race, made an outside pass on Big Bend. But I'd seen him do that. I saw him do it at the Glen in 07 when we raced in a, we went from Pontiac back to Porsche. Mm-hmm. And we had, he asked me that year to run with him. That was five wins, two seconds and a third. Wow. And, uh, you know, he, Andy taught me a lot, you know, and I yeah. listen, I was in my 50, late 50s, early 60s when I was doing this. Wow. And Andy mentored me, this guy thinks, differently than any racer I've ever met in my life. He mm-hmm. knows how to set a car up. He knows technique. He does, he knows every little trick because he studies it. And yeah. I went through that. And then, you know, so 07, we had a great year. 08, 09, we won the 24 hours together with Patrick Long, Jörg Bergmeister, Justin Max, Andy, and myself. Wow. We had a, we had a great run. And then I guess that was kind of it for me, but they called me back in July of that year. And they, uh, no, July of 2010. And they said, we want you to drive. I says, I'm done because I got into vintage stuff. And he said, oh, come on back to Daytona. We yeah. went to the Paul Revere 50, 250 and won that. Uh, my goodness. So the last race I ran in Grand Am, I won it with Andy. Oh, my gosh. Which was a, something that was, you know, if you knew Andy, you'd understand why anybody would be privileged to drive with him because he's a, just a, you know, he's not only a great person, he's just probably the best driver I've ever been with. So wow. long and short of it, that's it. Now I'm driving vintage. And 
down around the time 2008 2009 i well actually started in the early 2000s to build a go-kart track in braintree mm-hmm. and that went from an indoor track and it's a, quite a place f1 boston then we went to the outdoor track f1 outdoors and those things were home runs because we were, you know, working with the corporate crowd. You know, companies came in, they wanted to literally drive, a, they wanted to drive something. Right. It's the closest thing you're going to get to a race car is a go-kart if you can't afford it. Right. And that's been a, it's been a, you know, a corporate wonder for the last number of years here. And then in 2007, I got approached by Lee Brayan and Harvey Siegel. Harvey owned VIR, and, and Lee was a very, they're both good race, but Lee's a very, very, he's an outstanding uh, driver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's done pro stuff, but he drives formula cars, and he does, I mean, he's, the guy should be a pro, he's that good. <laughs> and they came to me, and they said, look, we want you to build, help us with this go-kart track. And I said, look, I'm not interested, I want to do the whole deal. And they said, well, we'll bring you in. So they brought me in for a small fraction. I brought a little group in with me. And then uh, Harvey wanted to get out, and then I ended up being a 50-50 partner with my group and Lee's group. And we built New Jersey Motorsports Park. Ah, wow. And that thing has been, the reason I did it was the demographics. It's two tracks. It's in the best ADI in the area of dominant influence in the country. You've got New York, New Jersey. You've got uh, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're making that thing rock. And around the same time, when I did, did the go-kart barriers, I started to look at tires. And then that's, that evolved into impact safety systems, mm-hmm. which is a large barrier if you get into that, you go into impactsafetybarriers.com. I mean, I could go on at length with it, but that's going to tell you the whole story. Our okay. biggest, you know, we have several big customers. Thermal uh, out in uh, Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Thermal Club is a fabulous club, and they use all of our barriers. Uh, you know, when we've got stuff we ship over to Australia, we've got a lot of them, you know, Thompson Speedway, Indy Motorsports Park, and a bunch of others that uh, buy the bigger barriers. Nice. So, it's evolved into a into a, a business, but my my prime concern with that is safety. I don't concrete is so so bad. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to you know you hit a concrete barrier, it's forty five hundred pounds. It doesn't move. There's injuries. Uh, chassis terminal impact can injure and destroy. Yeah. yeah. And then you got barriers, which are barriers are not they're a little bit less you know heavy hit than concrete, and then they put tires in front of them. And the problem with tires, tires can get very heavy when you've got two rows of them, or three rows of them, and they bounce the cars back into traffic. So hence the development of our barrier. And uh, we've had lots of hits, no injuries, and minor damage. So we're on a roll with that. Wow, what a story. Yeah, what a story. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there's a lot of stories within the stories, I could tell you that. I'm sure there are. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, RJ, take the wheel. Okay, let me just say this to you. I've got a lot of quotes, but one in particular is the one that I live and die on because a lot of times things I do are Mm non-traditional. And people look at it and they say, never happened, stupid, never, never worked. And here's my quote. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it's violently opposed. Third, it's accepted as being self-evident. Ah, yes. Arthur Schopenhauer. Sometimes that guy with the crazy idea that you met, it wasn't necessarily me, but anybody comes up with an idea and say, well, first thing is say, no, it won't work. You say, well, tell me more. Yep. And then you listen. And then all of a sudden you find out, well, this idea isn't so crazy. It's not so half-cocked. 
<laughs> and uh, I've done that on several occasions with different businesses and things in, in racing where people say, no, they can't do that. It's impossible. Right. But everything's possible if you put some elbow grease into it, you have a spirit, a desire to want to win. I always tell people, we're not any smarter than anybody else is. We outwork them. <laughs> Very nice. You know, it's a wonderful saying, and, and it's a tribute kind of back to your racing uh, attitude as well. And in racing, I've had many racers on the show, and every single one of them never, ever, ever give up. So you it works really well. You can't. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You've been around a long time, but I want you to go way, way back and tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy. Well, I, I'll tell you, it's, you know, I, I used to own cars when I first started. I didn't have any expensive cars because I, I couldn't afford them. The reality was that I had a, uh, a, a vacation with a friend and my wife. We went down to uh, Palm, Palm Beach down to her dad's place and uh, my deal was, I'm going, but I want to go to the Daytona 24-hour. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd read about it, heard about it. When it ended up going there and watching the race for 24 solid hours, I never went to sleep. And like the story was, when we pulled out of there, we were banking out of Daytona. My wife said, gee, you're looking so hard, you should be doing it. I said, I'd love to. She said, go on, you go buy a car. Yeah. So, you know, I've been married to the woman for a long time, and, and she's the kind of gal that... Uh, that's been inspirational in my life and has helped me uh, achieve the things in business and in, in, in racing that I want. I mean, listen, I can't tell you how many weddings, anniversaries, baptisms that I've missed in my racing career because I was out racing, you know. And, and uh, you know, you, you dedicate yourself to it. And I was running a lot of different businesses at the time, but I, I went to a lot of races. And, yeah, uh, you figured out a way to do it. Well, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it got to the point where it was getting crazy and, my wife said, going to kill yourself. And then I went out and bought an aircraft. And then I, that's how I was going back, to, you know, back and forth to, to races. So it made it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, RJ, what I, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Having run businesses, being an entrepreneur, is fraught with challenges and failures. Would you go and take us to a time when you were facing a huge challenge or a big failure and kind of walk us through that thing? But most importantly, how did you overcome it? And what did you learn from it so you could move on? Well, I'll tell you, one of the things when I was in business, I mean, I learned early on that you, you just can't be stable. When I say stable, you can't do the same thing over and over again. And I started taking, in the very beginning, risk hiring people in meeting payrolls. And there were times when, you know, particularly in the first two years where I didn't have the money to pay payroll. And I went to people and said, look, we got a good idea here, and I know we're going to make it. Can I ask you to wait a little bit? And, they, and a lot of people said, you know, I bet 80% of them said, I'll stick with you mm-hmm. with no salary. Yeah. Within four weeks, I had made the, the, you know, made the ability to be able to pay, back pay them. Mm-hmm. And those people are still with me. Wow. Okay. Wow. That was the hardest part of it. Taking that risk, number one. Number two, once you take the risk, then you you step up. You, you just keep going. And uh, look, I've taken a lot of business risks in my life. And I've never had a never had a bankruptcy, never had a problem, and but I've always been able to talk to whoever it was and say, look, I need I need a little bit of time here, give me a break there, or whatever the case might be, and then right. it, it evolved into winning, you know. What's the biggest takeaway you can share with maybe a listener out there who's facing the same kind of challenge? Well, it's not one word, but I'm going to tell you, Winston Churchill said it: never, never, never ever give up never <laughs> yes there's that racing phrase <laughs> he was a guy that uh you know everybody thought he was crazy 
that they were going to lose the war, but he never gave up. And he walked into the to the bombings afterwards, but he just kept going and going and going. He, he, he listen, he could drag didn't drag Roosevelt in, but he dragged everybody into the war with him, and we won. Absolutely. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new direction, a new idea you had, and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, I'll tell you, it was the establishment of uh, health insurance for small to medium-sized businesses. Mm. Nobody had ever done it. Nobody ever provided it. They never bothered with the guys that had less than 10 full-time employees. Mm -hmm. So my aha moment was when I went to the carrier and I said, look, I want you to give me a blanket policy for an association. And they said, well, how many business do you think you write? I said, well, you know, I don't know. I, I think I can write a significant amount. You say, well, do you think you can write 300? I said, oh, I can write 300. They said, well, that's, that's a big number. Within the first year, I wrote, uh, I had written 2,700. Whoa. And then that thing built to 52,000. Holy but cow. the aha moment was when I saw that people needed something, I always look at the reaction from people's eyes and their mannerisms. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got some products now where I watch the people, I go, you really, this thing, I love this, I want to do this. Yeah. So long and short of it is is that um, uh, that was my aha moment. That's the thing that, that drove me. It was my biggest business. I sold it for millions. And, uh, you know, there's other things, but that was a big one. Wow, absolutely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. I want you to go back in time again and share with us your first really special car and maybe a memory that you have of that vehicle. I'd assume you've owned a lot of cars over time, but go back to that first one that really had a lot of meaning to you. Okay, I'll give it to you. My first one was I used to have a friend of mine who dated a girl. His, no, his daughter, excuse me, his sister dated a guy. I was brought up in a, you know, a, very, very modest uh, neighborhood. And this guy came to pick her up in a 62 Corvette. And I looked at that thing and I said, man, that's it. I love that car, but couldn't <laughs> afford it. So what did I do is I, I started looking around and, you know, I had put together a few bucks. I put a couple, a couple of thousand bucks together and I saw a car advertised. It was a 62 Chevy Impala that was delivered as an automatic and the guy put a standard shift transmission in it. Mm -hmm. And it had a 327 that he put dual four-barrel carburetors. I said, I got to have that car. <laughs> the guy had got tired of it, and I, I went to him, and, and he says, I, I want, you know, I want 2300 bucks." So I said, look, I'm going to tell you something. If the car needs just a little bit of work, I can give you 1500 He said, you're crazy. I said, give me the car for 1500 and I'll, I'll pay you another 400 or 500 in $100, you know, increments over the next several months. And I said, here's a note. It's already signed. I notarized it. The guy said, he said, I don't know whether I should do this. I said, you do it, and I guarantee you I'll pay every penny of it. The guy did it. Mm -hmm. Bought the car and paid him back, and I called him after about three years, and I said, hey, you want to see the car? He says, what do you mean? I says, I had the car painted. I did some more work to the engine, and the guy says, wow. He says, you did a great job. <laughs> I'm glad I sold it to you. So that was my, my <laughs> first car, and it was a great car, and yeah. it lasted me a couple of years, and then I get into all this stuff. Yeah, there you go. Very cool. Now, how about a car that you've let go, that old seller's remorse? We've all sold things we wish we could have back, but is there one car that you wish you had back in your garage? Uh, yeah. The car that I gave up was an M6, a Euro M6. Do I miss that car? Mm. It was, uh, you know, it had the sliding uh, sliding injection and just a wonderful automobile. And But, you know, I put it in the kid's hands that really loves it and he's, you know, he keep, takes good care. I get to see it every once in a while. Well, that's nice to get to visit an old friend, that's for sure. 
Well, I want to talk about current projects that really have you excited and fired up, and I'd like you to explain a little bit more about New Jersey Motorsports Park and exotic car garages to the Cars Yow listeners. What are these projects all about? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Impact Safety Systems is, is one of the companies, but I got another company called EarthSafe, which is a green part product that kills microbials, and then we have a a, uh, what they call a, a spray gun that takes its battery operated. It, it can do sanitization in, in 5% of the time it would take somebody who was doing the rub and scrub. And then we have another company called Impact uh, Power Tech, which is a battery, long life battery. The cop walking the beat gets six to seven hours out of his battery. Mm-hmm. Okay, his Motorola. We have one that goes up to 40 hours. So it's been come an instant hit, you know, particularly if there's this traffic stop or domestic violence or a shooting, mm-hmm. particularly what's going on. You can't have a radio go dead on you. So we've sold thousands and thousands of these things. Wow. And those are three companies that are rocking, and uh, so I'm spending a lot of time on them, and I'll grow them and, you know, build them up to a couple hundred million and then flip them. Mm-hmm. Well, explain a little bit about exotic car garages so our listeners Okay, let's understand. talk about that. What we're doing is uh, that's becoming an ever-expanding business. We sure, certainly have them at New Jersey Motorsports Park, mm-hmm. okay? But we take Thermal, which we sold our barriers to. They have... They're putting in 300 of them. Uh, there's an outfit up in Minnesota. They've got uh, 246 units they're putting in. The biggest problem with people today who collect cars is where do you put them? Right. I mean, usually they put it in the garage, and in the wintertime they'll put their, their regular car out in the driveway. So now what happens with an exotic car garage is we can build a unit that's got, say, 1,000 feet, 500 to 1,000 feet on the bottom. It could be a 2,000-foot you know, unit. Put the cars underneath, then you have living quarters to, to commiserate upstairs and spend time at the facility. Right. you got other people that are like-minded like you that, that are collecting cars. And, you know, like golfers like to talk about golf. Fishermen like to talk about catching fish. We talk about our cars. Right, exactly. We're doing one here in Boston now. We're doing all the studies on it. And we've already got people calling us asking about it. Cool. In New Jersey, we're going to build about 182 of them. Oh, my gosh. And we've sold 30 of them already, and uh, we're at a racetrack, so people can come in there with their race cars, even their exotic cars or whatever, and they'll be able to spend time in the facility, but yet they'll also have the opportunity to, uh, if they don't want to race, they just, they clean their cars, they build their cars, they do, you know, they just, hey, when you're a car guy, you know what it's like. You just become so involved and wrapped up in your car, the car you're doing. Absolutely. Fantastic. Here's a very introspective question for you, RJ. If you were a car, what kind of car would RJ be and why? Well, uh, I'd probably be a Porsche Turbo. Okay. A fast, okay. fast-moving guy. <laughs> fast-moving, luxury-oriented car, and all around just give me everything I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. I think that fits you quite well. Very nice. The new one I'm talking, the new, the new 2016. Oh, yeah. About. Oh, yeah. So, RJ, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA, SIPC. 
Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, RJ, we are entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? When you buy an automobile, okay, always look for longevity and ease of service. Those are the two things that I would say to some people because some people buy vehicles that, they love, but it's like I had a love-hate relationship with a Jaguar. Oh, yes, the okay? old Jags. You know, yep. the V12 Jag was like a long-legged woman. woman. <laughs> when she was on, she was on. When she was off, it was bad. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Watch the way I eat. The, and I exercise constantly, mm. okay, six days a week. And I keep my weight down. I watch what I put in my body. And it served me well. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? If you said to me, okay, what are you doing? I use Google all the time. I'm Googling stuff. When I read magazines or books and I don't understand something, I want to learn more, Google. I yeah. mean, what else is there? I mean, <laughs> Everything's get, there. You know, it's it's, it's my, the app of choice for me. Absolutely. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read recently that you think the Cars Yow listeners would enjoy reading as well? Well, Listen, I don't know how old the listeners are, but I'm just in the process about 95% of the way through uh, Bull Halsey, or Admiral Bill Halsey, who was an admiral in the Second World War. I love the book. I read four books a month, but it's, it's, it's the book du jour, and it's one of those books that when I get up in the morning, I have to spend an hour and a half reading, reading it, and I just absolutely unequivocally love that what this country, you know, how this country won the Pacific War. He was yeah. one of the most major guys in terms of, of doing it. That, yeah. That's just one book. Listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on RJ's website page at carsyad.com. Just type RJ Valentine in the search bar and that page will pop up with links to this book and all the other past 580 guest books listed there. All right, RJ, we are up to the checkered flag and this last question can be a real doozy. I promise you this one. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, I'm sorry, just one, not a daily driver, but something special, might even be a collector vintage race car, but money's no object. I'll buy you whatever car you'd like. What would that be and why? Without doubt or equivocation, a 275 Ferrari GTB. Ah, what is it, <laughs> what is it about the GTB you love so much? The way it looks, the way it sounds... Uh, the heritage behind the car, the value enhancement over the years of that car. It's just one of the greatest cars. I mean, if I had covered a car, that's the car. Ah, beautiful. What color? Oh, it would obviously have to be red. Red. <laughs> Ferrari. It's a Ferrari. It's a Ferrari, of course. <laughs> Sorry for that question. Oh, wonderful. Oh, what a beautiful car. Yeah, you've made a great choice. That is going to cost me a pretty penny, I'm sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But for you, RJ, anything, anything is possible. <laughs> You're the best. You're the best. Thank you. You're welcome. RJ, you've taken me on an awesome ride today, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey with the Cars Yow listeners. 
Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset or down that racetrack in your very own 275 Ferrari GTB? Well, I, all I can say is always do the right thing when nobody's looking. Ah. Okay, and it'll serve you well through your life. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and all your companies and what you're doing these days? Well, you can just Google me. I'll go into rjvalentine.com. Okay. And you'll, it'll come up with a lot of, lot of different info, and it'll link you to other, other businesses and what have you. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything RJ has been so kind to share today at carsyacom slash rjvalentine. I'll make sure there are links to all those different businesses there. Check out what RJ is doing. Talk about a guy who has filled his life with fun, business, professionalism, entrepreneurship, and racing. This is a guy who's done it. RJ, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.